You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn on there. you've been searching for the best ticket deals around well look no further with TickFlix, the price you see is the price you pay and TickFlix just happens to have over six billion dollars in ticket inventory just waiting for you they absolutely mean it when they say every ticket every venue everywhere and you can save even more with promo code pulse in all caps to save you five percent off your total purchase just go to TickFlix.com and click the search bar search events based on your geographic location Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-S-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Of course, guys, remember to use our promo code PULSE. It's capital P-U-L-S-E, capital PULSE, uh, to get you guys off 5% off your tickets, any sporting events, concerts, anything like that. Check them out. It's awesome. I've talked about it many a times. No booking fees, nothing like that. It is well worth your time. 
I personally have been getting some tickets off there recently. It is awesome. I'm telling you, you look at one price and that's exactly what you're paying when you get to the checkout counter. And that's awesome because most of the time you're like, hey, look, this ticket's for 40 bucks. Then you get to the checkout and it's $60 with the booking fees and all that other stuff. Nope. You see a ticket for 40 bucks. That's what you're paying when you get to the ticket counter. It's awesome. So definitely check it out, guys. It helps out the podcast, helps out the network. We really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get back into talking about some combine. And as we just did our first episode there about the running backs and tight ends, Jared and Dennis back with me again, and we're going to talk about the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and then we will do a very early mock draft, first round for rookie mock drafts for you guys. So we're just going to jump right into it. We've already obviously introduced you guys in the last video. No, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves again just in case someone decided not to listen to the last episode. Jared and Dennis, how are we doing here yet again tonight? Doing great. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, just a guy. No need for an introduction. Just a guy. Just like fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right into the wide receivers here. Which wide receiver had the best combine for you guys? For me, it was Emmanuel Hall from Missouri. Going into the combine, I was super psyched to see what this guy was going to do. Uh, I predicted that he was going to jump over 40 inches, and he did. Man, I'm tired of being right. He had the second best vertical ever at the combine at 43 and a half inches, second best broad jump ever at 11 feet, nine inches, and then he ran a 4.39. So this guy, I love his tape. I know he was injured. His dad passed away last year. He was bat- battling soft tissue injuries, so it was, he was on and off the field. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, just a flesh wound. But, I mean, his tape is just full of explosive plays down the field. And in and out of his breaks, he's super quick. Great footwork, too. So seeing that performance at the Combine, my eyes are getting wider and wider. You know, I really liked, uh, since the senior ball, I've kind of been on Debo Samuel. Okay. I, I just He strikes me as uh, the next coming of Julian Edelman. He's going to get somewhere. He might have a bit of frustration where he thinks like Jarvis, he can play outside all the time, but he's got that, that running back body to be able to make yards uh, after he catches the ball. And then uh, I I liked uh, AJ Brown. I, I feel like he's starting to come on. He's not as hyped as uh, Metcalf or, or Harry up there at the top or even Harmon, but I feel like he's sort of, just methodically going about his business. He's putting up his numbers. He's showing you the things you, that he needs to do. And then he's going to come out and he's just going to, he, he's going to have a, a, I don't know. I'm not going to say Julio from a stat perspective, but Julio from a, I'm just not going to cause a scene perspective and just keep putting up solid year after solid year after solid year. I can definitely see bit, see that. I'm glad you said Debo's name because He's one of my favorite guys in this class from playing the slot position perspective. Um, just a really good football player when you watch his tape. Well, I've got a question about Emmanuel Hall because he's someone that um, obviously based on what he did this past weekend, he's really kind of jumped up a lot of people's boards. Was it just clearly injury-based on why he really wasn't talked about leading up into the combine? Because, I mean, I heard of him obviously beforehand. I know I actually believe both of you mentioned him in the combine preview episode, but there hadn't been a lot of talk about him coming into the combine. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, you know, what would you do What'd you do in college? What would your production look like? So with him – you know, being injured throughout college, 
Um, I wouldn't be able to recite back to you all his injuries, but I know last year he was battling some soft tissue injuries and, um, you know, the stats just weren't there. So I'm not sure because everybody was watching Drew Locke and I don't know why Emmanuel Hall wasn't being discussed more, to be honest. Because Locke couldn't hit him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always blame the quarterback, Dennis. That's that's the way to do it. That's what us linemen do. <laughs> all right, so who had the worst combines here for you guys? Um, we can all agree little Jordan Humphrey out of Texas yes. was not very good. And his 40 is <laughs> almost over. Yeah. Are you sure? Time, I thought he was still out there running. Four, yeah, yeah. All those tweets, those were cracking me up. <laughs> um, yeah, 475 at receivers, not what you want. And I was not high on him coming in, and I'm not high on him now. So I think he had the worst combine out of all the receivers for sure. I would agree. Well, that was easy. Yeah, sorry. It just got really loud for me all of a sudden, so I apologize about that. Felt like you guys were yelling at me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> what about Kelvin Harmon? I know a lot of people were not very high on what he did. I was very high on him coming into the combine, obviously. I thought I actually had him at number two right behind DK Metcalf at times number one in my rankings throughout the college football season, yet a lot of people felt that his combine kind of lacked a little bit. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think he did fine, or he was actually really good at the combine? Your guys' thoughts? Yeah, Kelvin Harmon disappointed me a bit, um, even on the field. He didn't look great. His broad jump and his vertical were ugly. He only jumped 32 and a half inches. I jumped 32 and a half inches in college, so <laughs> I'm hoping that he can he can do better than me. Um 119 inches in the broad jump so those two um those two metrics usually signify or they they want i don't know what i'm trying to say his broad broad jump and vertical are usually um a signal of explosiveness and those two numbers show that maybe he's not as an explosive athlete as we think so i was high on kelvin Harmon going in i did move him down a few spots he's just eh. we'll see what his pro day looks like i guess could just been a bad day Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I initially had Harmon in front of AJ Brown, but I'd, I'd certainly, I'd probably w- would have Carey and Butler, yes, Brown. Butler. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, all in front of Harmon now. It's a good call. It's a good call. You guys know I love I love Butler. <laughs> Which wide receiver surprised you guys the most at the combine? Uh, Jazz Ferguson, one that I saw a little bit about. On Twitter, from some of Brown, some of the Browns guys. I know the guy at Browns Daily Mock Draft. I don't know if you follow that account. Yes, I do. But yeah, he was talking about Jazz Ferguson. He's a guy who transferred to Northwestern State from LSU, so he had to sit out a year. But he ran a four four five, thirty three inch vertical, which isn't great. But at he's almost six five, two hundred twenty seven pounds. Um, he had the second best height adjusted speed score of one hundred twenty five. So he's a guy that had had the pedigree had the pedigree had the high school numbers to go to LSU originally. Uh, not sure what caused him to transfer, but uh, definitely on my radar now, and I want to go back and watch more on him. Surprised me. You know, I was surprised by, you know, obviously up here in Ohio, I watched Buckeye football and a lot of Big Ten football, and uh, Stanley Morgan looked a little better than I expected. And he tested pretty well. It seems like he's pretty athletic as well. So at six foot two oh two, you know, there's definitely uh I, I think he's got a, a wide receiver two ceiling on him. You know, something to keep an eye out. Yeah, for sure. And I wanna correct myself. I'm sorry, I said 
Ferguson had 33 inch vertical. He had a 37 inch vertical, which is much better. And I thought that might have been a typo when I was, when I was saying <laughs> that in my head. Uh, someone that I saw getting a lot of rounds uh, based on their combine, and I'm probably going to butcher his name wrong, but I know you brought him up in the combine preview episode, uh, Jared. was Is it Ashton Doolin? Yeah, Malone. He, Malone. he had a good combine, man. What did he run? 4-4. Yeah, 4-4-3. Four, four, 38-inch vertical. It's enough. That's enough to put you on the map. And his, his shuttle and three-comb were good, too. So that's why they put him in the combine to see what he could do. So I know people are going to definitely be looking into him more. His... His production numbers, you know, he played for Malone, so of course he's going against inferior talent, but right. his production market share numbers are all way up there too, so he has that going yeah, for him. It was, it was interesting to see it come across. They, people would, I, I saw some people make the argument, well, he only had this, he only had 700 yards or 800 yards, and then finally somebody pointed out, yeah, but the team only threw for 2,000 yards, and his market share was 40% or something <laughs> crazy like that. Yeah, that's why people use those market share numbers instead of like just stats alone because they paint a better picture as far as you know what the team's doing because like Army or something, they don't throw the ball very much, so it's good to look at the market share instead. Yeah, I wonder what Calvin Johnson's market share was coming out of Georgia Tech. <laughs> I don't know. I, have, I, I could look it up real quick, but... Go ahead, I'll, I'll stall for you. Uh, yeah, he so Ashton Doolin was one of the guys that I, I really liked coming out, not coming out, uh, just based on what we saw at the combine. He's a guy that uh, I'm interested myself in going back and watching a little bit more tape on, and uh, just kind of seeing where possibly he might end up going out in rookie drafts. I think he's going to be kind of a popular name that starts to rise up boards just based on what he did this past weekend. Yeah, I think with Ashton Doolin, you you might run into the same problem I'm having with Donald Parham in that. Small schools, it's hard to find tape on them. Yeah, I'm sure that will be an issue. But like I said, I I really liked what he did there. Obviously, he's getting a lot of hype now based on that. It'll be interesting to see. I'd imagine he'll have some kind of pro day, so it'll be interesting to see if he get where he gets drafted. I was listening to actually a a very reputable source talking on SiriusXM saying they thought he might end up going now in like the third to fourth round, which would be insane to me. Someone coming in that I don't think, you know, in all honesty, outside of Jared, I I had no idea who this guy was until he brought him up, started talking about him on the Combine preview episode. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up does going in the third or fourth round, how much that might shoot him up uh, rookie draft boards when it comes to the fantasy drafts here in probably early May or mid-May, June when everybody starts doing them. Yeah, they're talking about him going where, third or fourth round? Yeah, they were talking about it. I want to say it was Monday. Uh, I was listening to SiriusXM, and they started talking about or Maybe it was Tuesday based on just – they were reviewing Combine stuff, uh, and they were saying that there was a lot of GMs that really liked just not, not even how well he tested, but how good he looked, how he interviewed and everything. And there was a lot of talk about him possibly being someone who could go in the third or fourth round of the NFL draft. Damn. Yeah. That would be awesome for Malone. Well, I guess their football program is over now, but <laughs> – Still cool. Yeah, I can't find it. I don't know. I gave up on the Calvin Johnson shit. That's all right. It's not that important. I figured that'd be really easy because everybody likes to compare those numbers, but apparently not. All right. So based on the combine, I know who mine was, and I imagine one of you guys is going to talk about him. But based on the combine, who's your uh, your top wide receiver right now? Um. Well, I had DK there. I've moved Nikhil Harry there now. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Well, I think... (laughs) No, wait! Wait, let me say something! 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was sobbing over here in the corner, asking why. <laughs> <laughs> I expect the drop in of like people crying or something. There will be many a drops coming in here. You have no, it's going to be cursing and everything in between that part right there. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, so Nikhil Harry moved back to my number one player overall. So wide receiver one for me. I just think based on his production, his breakout age. The combine numbers, which definitely surprised me. I expected him to run in the high four sixes. He comes out, runs a four five three. So better athlete than I thought. And he didn't look like he didn't look like a freakishly fast guy. But a four five three is fast. Yeah. And I mean he, he's good at making people miss and stuff like that. So I knew he was an athlete, but I didn't know what kind of speed he was he would he could run at. So um, better athlete than what I saw on tape, safer floor for me than DK. So from a fantasy standpoint, I like that. So I'm going to go with Harry for sure as my top wide receiver. Yeah, I, I have Harry up at number one as well. Erroneous, erroneous, erroneous on both counts. Uh, just looking at him, his playing, he's, he has, he's a strong guy. What he, he put up what? 27 bench reps, just like uh, Metcalf. Yeah. No one was talking about it. Like no one. Well, Lottie frickin' duh! Yeah, he, and he did it with what, like a 6% body fat? Yeah, dude, he's huge. So, no, yeah. he's fat. He's well, fat compared to DK Metcalf, that's the problem. He's had better production, less injuries. Yeah, he's not a 4-3 guy, but he, he, he looked good. And uh, I definitely, uh, he pretty much solidified himself. It would have been nice to see him have him do the the agility drills, but you know, he put up a thirty eight and a half inch vertical himself, so it wasn't like he was just standing around. No, I mean he had a great combine. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm still on the DK Metcalf bandwagon. Give me the dude who's like one point six percent body fat and can run a four four three. I I, I really thought you know it was that's fake, right? Was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. It yeah, wasn't. The, no, I don't care. One point six percent body fat. You can't yeah, prove me. You can't prove it's that. It's like impossible. You can't prove that. They said one point six. <laughs> I heard him. It was all over the place. It's on Twitter, so it must be true. Yeah, oh, I, I give a rat ass about Twitter. It was on the internet. Uh, Police no, report. <laughs> oh, did they? No, I, yeah. I, I'd heard that it was fake, but you know what? I'm gonna stick to it. Like I said, it was on the internet. It was on Twitter, so it must be true. There's no, they don't lie on Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I just. I, I get why everybody kind of soured on Metcalf a little bit uh, based on his agility drills, but I don't ever think that that was the best part of his game. I mean, I know there's not a lot of tape to watch on him, obviously based on the, the neck injury that he suffered last year, but he's still just – he's a vertical threat. Like I, I saw someone – I can't remember who it was that compared him to, but I thought Josh Gordon was a very good apt comparison for him. He's, Josh Gordon was never very good at that either. He Where he made his money, I'm sure both of you know being Browns fans and watching – back with, I believe it was Derek Anderson, if my memory serves correctly, was that's what he was doing. He was burning people down the field and on slant routes, and I think that's exactly what DK Metcalf can do. I think he can thrive in that perfectly well and be just like Josh Gordon, just 
not the off-field issues, so he'll be on the field and actually producing. But that's just my opinion. I, I understand why everybody is big on Harry. Uh, he obviously ran a lot faster than I thought he was. I think that was kind of one of my biggest complaints about him was that he just wasn't that fast, uh, and he definitely ran faster than I did. So I can't argue him being up there at 1-1. Uh, but as Dennis talked about earlier, being stubborn and not moving players, I'm going to be stubborn and not move Nikhil Harry to my 1-1 because I just don't want to believe in him being the 1-1 right now. Where do you have him at? Right now I have him, last I think was 1-4, but I haven't really, oh, okay. I haven't updated a, I haven't updated my rankings yet because I'm still looking at different stuff, but I know going into the combine it was Metcalf, Harmon, Brown, and then it was either Harry, then Butler, or switched. I might have had Butler over four because I'm, I'm just extremely infatuated with Butler, as we all know. He, he's one of my – him and Miles Sanders are my favorite prospects in this class. Uh, so I might be not looking as, – as me and you discussed on Twitter about the dropping thing that I believe uh, Peter Schrager said during the combine that, that upset me. I was throwing shit around my house. I was like, how dare Peter Schrager talk about my boy on live TV like that. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, maybe – Maybe I'm not looking at it right because I, I've got those, you know, Hakeem Butler glasses on and I don't want to see the faults in his game. But he does have struggle catching catches the ball sometimes. Obviously, he did it literally about four minutes later in that agility drill. He dropped the ball. So, yeah, no, I was thinking about that because I remember we were tweeting back and then like he dropped the ball and I was like, damn, he dropped another one. Like He dropped a few during yeah. the drill. So, I don't know. He doesn't look like a natural pass catcher uh-huh. that you want to see. But everything else is exciting. Yeah, it is. So who tested better than you guys thought would at the combine for the wide receivers? Uh, Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. <laughs> he had like if, – if it wasn't for Emmanuel Hall – I mean, Miles Boykin probably had a better combine than Emmanuel Hall. I probably should have said him earlier because mm-hmm. Evan Silva, he put out a great tweet. He compared DK Metcalf and Miles Boykin's numbers, and Miles was actually closer to Julio – the DK, everybody's talking about DK because of that four three three. But when you're six three, you run a four four two, you jump forty three and a half inches in the vertical, and you have a hundred forty inch broad jump. I mean, that's 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 yeah. killing it. So yeah, I remember watch. Yeah, I remember watching Notre Dame early in the year because my uh, in laws they're all big Notre Dame fans, mm-hmm. and I I can't stand Notre Dame. Sorry, but. <laughs> I was watching the game. I was like, "Damn, who's this guy? Like this receiver. He's he had he's plucking the ball out of the air. He just looked like a good receiver." So I wrote him down at that time, and then I haven't really watched much tape on him, but I'm gonna have to because those numbers are crazy. Yeah, I'd love to see Boykin with a good quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Ian Book's not that bad, man. He isn't. He's not terrible. He just didn't. Not in that bowl game. He wasn't very good. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've got to give a, a shout-out to one of my good friends, Ty Moss, because I know he listens to the podcast uh, every every episode, and he's actually someone who talked about Miles Boykin to me, uh, I mean, I would say easily four or five months ago, talked about how he thought he would be like one of the top five or six wide receivers in this class, and that combine performance alone, I think, put him on the map for everybody and proved my friend, right? Uh, I didn't think he'd be that good. So it was definitely interesting to see him kind of putting up the numbers and everything and, and producing the way that he did at the combine. It's going to be much like a lot of these guys that we've been talking about, Emmanuel Hall, uh, Jazz Ferguson, Cal- Kelvin Harmon, Hakeem Butler, all these guys. It's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of this process goes, especially where they get drafted. I think that's going to be what separates a lot of these guys that are really kind of close and tied together. 
Yeah, there's some big receivers in this draft. Yeah. <laughs> All over the place. There's that kid from Syracuse. He had, what was it? What's his name? He had a crazy arm length. His wingspan, 82, 82 inches. That's Jeez. like way. Yeah. Hakeem Butler is 83 inches, but. Yes. He wins again. These guys are huge, matters. man. <laughs> All right, so how many wide receivers do you guys have in your top tier right now based on what we've we've seen everything and leading up into the combine? So my top tier, I only have two guys in there. It's Nikhil Harry and DK. Okay. So I'm going to give you two tiers. So my next tier would be Kelvin Harmon, A.J. Brown, Hakeem Butler, and then Emmanuel Hall is in there for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have just in my top group of five is Harry and A.J. Brown. Emmanuel Hall, uh, Debo Samuel, and DK Metcalf. Hey. I love it. I love the Debo and Hall in there. Do you, do you misspeak? I didn't hear Hakeem Butler. What was your five again? <laughs> He's got to catch the ball, man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Yeah, that, it's not a man. fight. It's not a fight. That ball's that the ball is your friend. I can't. I I wasn't happy. Other than his met, like his field on the field work. I don't know. He, he let me down a little bit. I didn't like yeah, seeing he, that. He didn't have a good combine, in my opinion. It's just like I said. It, when, I know, like I said, we were tweeting back and forth about, it, especially when when Peter Schrager said that. But just going back and watching his film, I don't remember seeing a lot of that watching his film, and that's kind of why I was like, I don't, I don't understand where this narrative is coming from. Maybe it's just because I've seen so many of these great catches he's made uh, that I, yeah. I just kind of forget about the drops that he had. But going back and looking at, at different tape, and that's something I'm going to have to go back and look more at because, again, as I've talked about, he's someone that I've ha- I've held in such high regard through most of the year that maybe I've just kind of l- overlooked that more and, and compared and looked at more of the, the great catches that he's made that I've kind of overlooked those drops. But I just don't remember him having that many of them. Yeah, and that's like that's the position we're in too because – we don't have access to what Peter Schrager has access to. He right. has the access to all 22. He probably can look at any cut-up that he wants. He could probably just type in Hakeem Butler passes attempted his way that you know he dropped. You can probably search that, and he's able to look at all the all the different throws and stuff. Not saying Schrager breaks down tape or anything, but he right, has guys right. that do it. And us, you know, we're searching through YouTube to find you know Iowa State versus who yeah. to look at these guys' tape. And we had the broadcast angles, which aren't the best for watching wide receivers to begin with. So there's that aspect to it, too. All right, so we've been kind of dancing around this uh, pretty much this whole episode talking with the wide receivers about Metcalf and Harry. Is Metcalf the best wide receiver? Is it Harry or is it someone else? Who is your best wide receiver right now? I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Metcalf, higher ceiling. Harry, safer floor. So pick your poison. Depends what you like as a fantasy owner. They're both going to go at the beginning of the first round. So if I had to put a bet, I'd say Metcalf ends up having the best NFL career out of those two. Well, That's I just think me. Harry's ceiling is a lot closer to Metcalf's than Metcalf's floor is a lot closer to Harry's floor. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good point. I agree. So the, if I'm looking at range of outcomes, Harry is my number one. Yes, Metcalf might he might be that receiver nobody's ever seen, but he might also be that guy that just never pans out. And Harry is gonna he, the the range of outcomes is so much narrower, being having a similar ceiling. That really is what seals the deal for me. Okay, 
All right, so my next question is it's mainly directed toward Jared here. Um, so did you feel that Paris Campbell got cheated? Because I saw when he was running that 40, it looked like a couple of those guys were getting a little slow on the timer there. You know, they came out and said Andy uh-huh. Isabella's clock wasn't right or something like that. I just I feel like Paris Campbell got cheated a little bit when he ran his 40. He looked faster than Andy Isabella to me. <laughs> he was moving, man. No, I don't think he got cheated, but Paris Campbell definitely showed up. And I swear, like when Isabella ran that forty, and they said it was like a four five six, I was like, "No way!" Yeah, he looked way faster than that, and rightfully so. It was a four three one. So that's funny. Both of us picked them to be the fastest at the combine, and they tied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think they came back and said that Isabella ran faster than Campbell. I believe is what there was a. I can't remember what exactly happened. They said there was a, a clock or a laser issue or something like that, and I believe they shaved like one second off Isabella's time to technically make him the fastest in the class. So that's why I, I, I worded it that way, because I still feel Paris Campbell was faster. But I guess... Uh, really? Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what happened. They said it was... I, th- I want to say it was a laser issue is what they called it. And so they shaved off like a minute or, or a second or two off of Isabella's uh, time to technically make him run faster than Paris Campbell, which is why I said it's bullshit. I want to know how much Isabella was paying them to say that, because Paris Campbell is clearly faster. But, you know, again, that's just my opinion. I'm interested to see how their times come out when they are when they run in their, if they run in their pro days, uh, to see if maybe that changes at all. Because, like I said, I, I don't know if that was ever officially announced, but I did see them talking about that. Uh, it was on Twitter, and I think they even mentioned it during the broadcast. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the laser issue was the uh, four five six, and then they changed it to a four five one. I don't know. I'm gonna uh, look it up real quick because you got me curious. Maybe I see maybe I... that is what it is. Then I'm I'm glad if they tied. I'll 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 take a tie. I just don't like losing, and especially when it's one of my Buckeyes losing to somebody else. But that's just that's just my opinion. Now see that? That's the kind of winning attitude that's gonna take this enterprise straight to the top. Uh, while you're yeah, looking, they're tied. They're tied. NFL. Okay. Four three one. Yeah. Okay, well, it works for me. I guess I can take a tie. I'm not technically wrong, and I wasn't technically right either. So, Whose stock <laughs> fell most after the combine? Or whose stock is falling the most after the combine? Falling the most. Um, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but just from listening to the echo chambers around Twitter and a couple chats I'm in, it sounds like a lot of people are kind of down more on Kelvin Harmon than they were. Mm-hmm. Some people had them as the wide receiver one. I had him as wide receiver two. Same here. Going into the combine, and I'm I've moved him down, so um, he's fallen out out of a tier for me. Um, I think his stock definitely took a little bit of a hit for sure. Yeah, I think Keyshawn Johnson didn't show particularly well either. Wasn't real athletic, didn't run real fast. I think there was a lot higher expectation uh, on his performance that uh, he didn't really live up to it. Yeah, I agree with that one too. That's a good pick. All right, so going into a little bit of the hypotheticals like you did with the running backs, if you're a Super Bowl contender and you're weak at the wide receiver position, you need a legitimate slot wide receiver. All the wide receivers are on the board and ready for you to take. Who you who you submitting your pick into Roger Goodell for? All right, do you have a good like Debo drop? If not, you're going to have to find I, one and I drop it in. But I will find right one just for this here. right here. Bentley throws a quick slam run. That's Debo at the 50, 40. Give him a stiff arm at the 30. Run away at the 20. Are you kidding me? It ain't a kickoff return. It's just a 68-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel on the first dang play of the game. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Debo Samuel. Boom. Yeah, you got it. 
because he's my top slot guy for sure. I love the what he brings to the field. He runs with toughness, runs like a running back, and he's a great return specialist too. So you're getting you know a utility knife by taking him. Um, tested in the 79th percentile in the agility drills. Um, that's that's who I'd want my team to take if they needed a slot for sure. Yeah, I, I don't see any way you would want to pick anybody else. I mean, Hunter Renfro is not the guy. Yeah, we, nah, we know you hate the, the second most well-known slot guy. Uh, I'm not on the Hunter Renfro train at all. He's kind of like a, a big choo-choo train. Uh, I like like Debo a lot. You know, and then yeah. AJ, Brown, I think is, you know, he he could he played a lot out of the slot at uh, Ole Miss, but he did play a decent amount of outside receiver well too, and he's got decent size. So whether he's inside or outside, sorry, my rabbit's kind of going crazy. Hey, what do you guys think about he he didn't get invited to the combine, but I always liked him as a Buckeye fan. I thought KJ Hill. I don't know. I think he could be a decent slot at the next level. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he looked extremely explosive, especially this year, uh, just on some of the stuff that Dwayne Haskins did. I think he was kind of uh, – I, I just don't think – obviously with JT Barrett, a lot of those guys were kind of irrelevant. So with seeing the way that these guys worked with Haskins this year, I thought was really interesting. Uh, I was actually surprised that he didn't get uh, invited, but Dixon did. That was uh, interesting to me. Me too. I thought it was – Stupid. He was yeah way better receiver than Dixon was throughout his career at Ohio State. So well on the on the slot wide receiver thing, I I want to ask you guys this. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that have been talked about only being or not only being slot wide receivers, but are are more viewed that way. And that's Paris Campbell, Debo Samuel, Andy Isabella, and then AJ Brown. You get so you guys would both take Debo Samuel over all those guys. Is that what you're saying, or you just think he's the most polished right now and could fit in as a Super Bowl on a Super Bowl contending team? Yeah. I mean, Debo and A.J. Brown right there for me. I have A.J. Brown higher in my rankings, but I, I don't know. I'm just a Debo guy. That's who I want. Yeah, I, Paris is – I don't know if slot's the way to go with him. He's he's not an – he doesn't have a sophisticated route tree yet. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's almost like he's going to end up starting out as a gadget guy, and hopefully he can develop uh, a route tree to be able to – become a more polished receiver, more options when he runs. I think he 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 has the potential to do some stuff there, but he's by no means anywhere near the slot guy that Debo is at this point. Okay. All right, then same for but outside wide receiver. Who would be the one outside wide receiver you guys would take for Super Bowl contending team? Well, I'm going to throw Nikhil Harry because we've talked enough about him out the window, but I would take him. But I like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yes. He he went to the combine, but he didn't run or do any of the drills or any of the field work, but he measured and everything. 6'3", 225, great jump ball receiver. He's got that basketball pedigree. You know, he was a, he was a nominee for McDonald's All-American mm-hmm. out of high school. Yeah, yeah. three-sport, all-state athlete. Um, I think he has a very, very safe floor, and he's a guy that is going to be in the NFL for years to come. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a wide receiver one for anybody. Mm-hmm. He could be. I mean, that's a ceiling. But I think his floor is a wide receiver two, locked and loaded starter for sure. I say for sure all the time. I, I got to quit saying that. <laughs> that's all right. 
for sure. <laughs> well, I, I think if if we're gonna throw Harry out because he's the obvious choice, no, he just sucks. Um, continue, no, no, Harry, continue. I then then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and grab Emmanuel Hall. Okay, I I think that at six four and two hundred pounds with four four speed, four three nine speed, um, I want somebody out there on the outside that can run those uh, back shoulder throws can get down the field if that's that's what i'm looking for for that in my wide receiver one you can't have him all right my guy <laughs> and you know he only measured six one and three quarters at the combine they had him at six four though at missouri's website i think right so yeah that surprised me when i saw that measurement i was like oh i see well, that's always the- well, at two oh one being six one is probably a little better than at six four. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's that's the old NBA rule there right there. You just you always right? put yourself higher than what you really measure in at. Uh but I like the white side call by you. He's one of uh he's another one of those wide receivers I don't think is getting in, uh, getting enough attention. I think as much as I love uh Hakeem Butler, I think Whiteside's the best uh high pointer in this class. He's someone who will go up and get the ball with the best of them in this class. I love watching his tape. I think he's extremely underrated. I don't maybe it's because he didn't participate and do anything any of the drills at the combine, but I don't think he's getting enough talk right now. Oh, I agree hundred percent. I'm actually working on an article right now. I'm finishing up on him finishing up the tape, getting the cut ups put together for it and I, I wasn't high enough on this guy. I've moved I keep nudging him up. Mm-hmm. My list. Um, I, I call him the Benny Snell of the wide receiver group. Okay, it's like he had the production, and he's not getting the love because he's not he's not sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have him at, at number six in my initial rankings, and and I think the hardest part for me, and I would have wondered if you agree with this, is just. For me, that class after those top couple guys is so deep that it's hard to figure out where to place some of these guys because you don't want to – it's like I don't want to move him up to a certain point because he's like he's right there with that guy, but I don't want to move him down anymore. So it's kind of hard to figure exactly where I want to place him. Yeah, you yeah, got like guys in your second tier. Yeah, I, oh, I have like 30 guys in my second tier. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I just can't seem <laughs> to separate these guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see our uh, mock draft goes here in a second. Yeah, yeah, same here. I'm really – well, I already know Nikhil Harry's going number one if one of you two gets the 1-1. One, one, so I don't have to worry about that joker being on the board when I come up. Let's we'll move on. We'll move, let's move on to the QBs. Who had the, best, uh, who had the best combine for you guys at the QB position? This might be a shocker, but I thought Easton Stick had a – Great combine. Okay. He had a crazy three cone time, tied him for first all time in quarterbacks. He ran a six six five in the three cone, and uh, that puts him in the ninety ninth percentile for the position. And then his shuttle time was four oh five, which puts him in the ninety eighth percentile. And I mean that showed up on tape. You know he can run, similar to Carson once. Of course they went to the same school. Uh, I thought he threw the ball well too, so he surprised me. I thought he had a great combine. And um, I can't wait to dive in on him. I haven't had the chance yet. So, no, I've been kind of gravitating towards Will Greer. I know his his last season at West Virginia was pretty terrible, but he started out okay at Florida, and his first season at, at West Virginia wasn't too bad. And so I feel like he just kind of was in a system. It it changed on him, and he he w- was asked to do something different his last year there at Virginia, and it didn't really suit what he's good at. 
And so I'd like to, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of going back and uh, looking at some of the Florida stuff that Greer did and seeing, it, is it there or is, is he really not as good as uh, I think he can be? Obviously, my, my heart is in Dwayne Haskins' camp. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to look more at Will Greer, and, and I think he had a good combine. I really don't want to ask this next question because I already know where Jared's going to go. He's going to he's going to bad talk my boy on this podcast. So I'm going to let you talk, but don't be surprised if this gets just completely cut out later. Who had the worst <laughs> combine at the quarterback position? Uh, Tyree Jackson. Hanging by a thread. I'm reading Don't Kill Myself books. You said that the book wasn't yours. Don't worry about the book. It isn't mine. But I glanced at it. For me. And going into it, man, I wanted to see him do well. I'm, you know, Matt guy. I like Matt guys. Matt quarterbacks, they actually tend to do all right. And he's a freak. I mean, he had great combine numbers as far as the drills go and stuff like that. But as far as the on the field work, I don't know. I was watching. I was like, dude, this guy is just not a natural thrower at all. His footwork was all over the place. His He's moving the football all over the place in his drops, and his throwing angle is different every time. I don't know. It's just like you can't have that. You need a guy that's going to be able to put the ball in the spot you need it to be in and accurately, consistently. And I don't know. He's He's a project for sure. I would expect him to go fifth round or later probably in the NFL draft. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like he just was always the biggest and the best guy on whatever team he played on and was able to, as he kind of went up through junior high and high school, and so they, the coaches just let him do whatever he wanted to, and so he never developed any real mechanics and discipline, and so he just kind of went off. It was interesting on, on the gauntlet drill if you saw you saw that and steve smith going down and <laughs> coaching him up saying yeah. you know don't throw you know it's not all yeah, chill out man everybody. yeah they need to catch the ball to make them them look good and you're not making it easy on them yeah that's hilarious man i love steve smith <laughs> All right, so since we, you guys both mentioned that Tyree Jackson didn't do a good job throwing the ball at the combine, who do you guys thought threw the ball the best at the combine? My boy Haskins, Buckeye. looked smooth out there man and he calm collected the moment wasn't too big for him but i mean we all saw it all year and it was nice yeah. to have that confirmed at the combine watching him throw um he's still gonna need to work on his feet a little bit from what i saw i recorded the, the quarterback drills i recorded the whole thing but i went back again and watched the quarterback drills and just watching their feet um the ball was there though the placement was good so we know Haskins can sling it. Yeah, he's you know he is who he is, and I don't think he sort of done, he did the work that Tyree Jackson was allowed to get away with not doing, which was he went in and he refined his mechanics. He spent his time growing up figuring out and being 
being teachable. And I'm not saying Tyree's not teachable because I don't know that. Um, but it, you can tell that Haskins worked on the methodology of playing quarterback versus Jackson, who played quarterback because he was always the best guy and that's who he became. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Haskins at the next level. And it's almost, you know, he kind of came across a little bit in with that. All right, you guys can go fall in love with Kyler Murray all mm-hmm. you want. That doesn't change anything about me. So you guys go do that. I'm still going to be right here throwing the ball perfect everywhere it needs to be, making these dropbacks, running these plays, showing you what everybody's supposed to be doing on the play. So you can go over there and fall in love with the cute girl. I'm going to still be here and, and <laughs> you know, I'm going to have dinner ready and you're going to know where, where you're coming home to. <laughs> I love you, man. You're, that's funny. You're getting fired up there. You happy? Fatty make a funny. Protecting your Buckeye. Well, I mean, I think he gets overlooked a lot just based on what Kyler Murray did last year, which kind of bothers me a lot. I don't think uh, people realize how good he was last year. I mean, he threw fifty fucking touchdowns last year. I mean, and he gets no, he got no love whatsoever, especially at the combine ceremony. It was all about. I don't even remember who else was there. Was it Kyle? Oh, Tua. Everybody was talking about Kyler and Tua, and there was like no, yeah, there was no mention of Dwayne Haskins whatsoever. Like he didn't even deserve to be there. That that drove me insane the entire time that was going on. Me too. Me too, man. You aren't alone. I thought he should have won the Heisman, honestly. Ding, ding, ding! What do we have for Johnny? Oh, I agree with you. I mean, I I, I get why Kyler Murray won it, but I I, I was right there with you. It, it's hard for people like us to come out and say that because everybody just thinks we're, we're being biased toward the Buckeyes. But, I mean, just the, the year he had was uh, amazing. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I would assume Haskins is in both of your tier ones. Do you guys have anybody else in that top tier uh, at the quarterback position besides Haskins? Kyler Murray. Okay. I guess I have him there, but I feel like I have to have him there. It's kind of like DK Metcalf. I feel like you have to he's, – he's just that guy – you have to have there. I don't know that, it, you know, Kyler Murray for me is this year's Lamar Jackson. I just don't know. You know, now granted, Kyler can really throw the ball, or he seems to play within the offense better than Lamar did. But I guess we're looking at Lamar's one year of pro ball and comparing it to Kyler's college ball. But it's that guy. Murray's the guy that I just don't think I'm ever – I don't know that I'm going to have any shares of. Um, he may turn out to be great. I look at it, again, it's like Harry and Metcalf in the range of outcomes. The range of outcomes with Haskins, his ceiling is a lot closer to Murray's. And maybe from uh, a quarterbacking point, uh, could even be higher. Murray may have is definitely going to have an opportunity to have a high floor with his mobility. I feel like Murray has a, a much wider range of outcomes than Haskins does. I agree. I mean, you don't have to have him up there if you don't want to, Dennis, or it's your rankings. I, I, I believe in Murray. I think he's going to be very good. Um, but I mean, if you don't, there's a lot of people who don't believe that he is going to be, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm not, I'm not totally sure what I feel. I, I don't feel like he's going to be as good as the hype. And I, I just feel like he's going to be an okay quarterback. 
I, I think in 15 years, I don't know that we're ever going to look back and be able to say, was this guy ever the best in the league at any point? Mm-hmm. I feel like with Haskins, that's possible. It's so hard for guys like us. You know, Charlie Casterly stuff, it definitely yeah. makes me pause a little bit because, you know, we can sit here and watch broadcast angles all day and try to judge these quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, you know, it's between it's it's what's between the ears at the next level. And if you don't have your head on right and you're not going to put the time in, those are things we can't judge. And that's where the quarterback position is played on top. You know, all those up, everybody can spin it. You know, everybody can throw the damn ball. Yeah. It's just it's what what you're going to do and how you process things and how you can lead. Those are the big things that are so hard to judge. Right. I, I want to kind of stick on Kyler Murray here for a minute because he's he's obviously the big talking point of this class. So you just mentioned uh, uh, Charlie Castleberry stuff about talking about uh, unknown GMs or scouts had talked to him saying that he interviewed badly and uh, just didn't seem to know what he was doing. It came to the whiteboard and all that stuff didn't seem to study tape very well. And my question on that is and, – and this is shame on him, I guess, and wording it this way. But I wonder if, because from what I believe I read, the reporting was he did it at least 10 interviews at the Combine. Is there any shot that maybe some of these teams that were interviewing him were team, I, I doubt the Patriots did, but say someone down in like the 20s or later in the draft where he knows he's not going to go to those teams. He knows that he wouldn't have chose to come out to NFL and not go to baseball if he didn't know he was going to get drafted likely in the top 10 to 15 picks. So chances are he knows he's going to go early. Maybe he was just kind of, you know, I don't want to say that he wasn't really taking it seriously. Maybe just kind of mailing in those interviews and not taking them that seriously because he knew he wasn't going to be there for those teams. I mean, if he was doing that, that just speaks to his character, though, you know. Mm -hmm. You don't want to leave anybody in the NFL with any sort of sour taste about you if you're coming out as a prospect, I would think, because the way guys move around on coaching staffs at the next level – you know, if something were to happen, you want that next team to be like, hey, you know, you, you interviewed well with us. We'll give you another shot. If, if he's going in and mel- mailing in interviews, that's just that's just a huge negative to me. I, I would agree. That's a character issue, which is what Casserly was saying, was that he didn't he, he wasn't performing. He didn't show good not being a good team leader. We're calling him Castleberry now, Dennis. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. It's you know, it, it's it's that no, everybody knows great. who we're talking about at this that. point. So, yeah, I just I, I thought I found it, found it interesting. That was all. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that because I actually heard someone talking about that earlier today. That maybe he was just kind of mailing in these interviews that uh, for teams that he knew he wasn't going to go play for. Uh, and maybe that's what kind of caused this reaction because there's a lot of other people who are coming out and saying the exact opposite, that they didn't hear anything like that. They heard that he blew away people at the in- during the interviews. I mean, that's really when all this hype started coming up by him possibly going to Arizona. And again, that might be something where Arizona is just trying to drum up some interest in the 1-1 so that they can trade it for anybody who's really high on Kyler Murray. Uh, but I just I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on it. Yeah, we'll see. So we already kind of touched on who, I mean, impressed and and disappointed the most in in Haskins and Tyree Jackson. There's really no point in going back over and talking about those guys. You guys kind of gave your points on them. Uh, I wanted to give – I know, Jared, you had talked about Easton Stick earlier as possibly someone who really surprised him. Did you want to add anything else on him or just kind of someone you're really looking forward to going and looking at tape on? 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to going and watching him. I like the smaller school quarterbacks that tend to get overlooked because, um, you know, that that can happen. That can happen to anybody. So there's skill all over the country. Uh, Brett Ripien, I thought he threw the ball really well. And I know there's a lot of people that are high on him. Um, I thought he had a pretty good combine. You know, these quarterbacks aren't going to come out and run four fours or jump 40 inches. Those are those are rare. So, um like we got into earlier, it's so hard to judge these quarterbacks. Yeah, R- Rippin, you know, that kind of did the same thing as Rippin was Clayton Thorson out of Northwestern. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was throwing the ball pretty well and has a good head on his shoulders. He's a little bit older, 23. It'll be These are kind of those guys that are going to come into the league and spend two or three years at the back end there and see if they can climb up. Yeah. One guy that didn't get invited was uh David Blau from Purdue. I liked him when I when he played against Ohio State and what I've watched a little bit on him. I don't know, I think he could get drafted. All right. So, we were I was just talking about earlier about the Char- Charlie Castle Castlerly thing with him talking about how Josh Rosen is going to be on the block. And one of the interesting things I wanted to get from you guys is just if Josh Rosen had said waited a year and come out this year, where would you have him ranked in this class? Since it looks like there's a chance that Kyler Murray might be going to Arizona, and Rosen being moved, would you prefer to take him over any of the other running or running backs, any of the other quarterbacks in this class? Where would you have him ranked? I'd have him ranked at QB two behind Kyler. I, st- okay. I have Kyler at QB one for me right now, and I think Haskins. I like Haskins, but I still think he's he needs to be polished up a bit. Um, I think he needs to sit out a year when he gets into the league. But I liked Rosen coming out. You know, last year was a bad year, but you know we've seen quarterbacks have bad years and bounce back. So that offense was terrible. Offensive line was terrible. Not a lot of weapons there. Fitzgerald's on his last legs. Um, they didn't help him out much. So I still think Rosen has a shot at being pretty good. We'll see. I feel like uh, I'd have probably had him at one. I'd have probably – it would look Rosen, Haskins, Murray for me. Okay. See, I have, Are you, Matt? I have him at three. I have him behind Haskins and Murray. I thought about putting him – um, four behind Drew Locke. So I really kind of, uh, I really liked what Drew Locke did at the combine. He's really kind of moving up the board for me. Uh, so I thought about maybe putting him behind Drew Locke, but I mean, I've never been a big Rosen fan, as Dennis knows. I thought he was as the worst, not the worst quarterback coming out last year, but I thought he was like right there with Josh Allen. I had it Baker and Sam Darnold were the clear one and two for me, and then I thought Allen and, and Rosen were like a step down. So not a huge Rosen fan. Uh, so, I, but I would have him right behind Haskins and Murray. All right, so that's going to do all our do it for the quarterback talk today. Now we're going to do a little bit of a mock draft here. We're going to do just the first round. We've got three of us here, so we'll do one through twelve. Uh, does anybody want to volunteer to take the first pick? Otherwise, I'll take it, and then we can go to Jared and then Dennis. Unless you guys, one of you, would prefer to take that one one to have Nikhil Harry on your, um, you know, your fake team here. How many rounds are we doing? Whoever goes second, if you go first, is still going to get Nikhil Harry. 
Well, that's true. I guess so that's a good that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, we'll just do one round now. Uh, I, what I would like to do, um, in all honesty, is once we start getting closer to the draft and everything, I'd, I'd like to continue to bring you on to talk about prospects, and we can do some more in-depth drafts later, just kind of maybe focus an entire episode just to some mock drafts uh, between the three of us, because I feel like even though the three of us have some players that we all like in common, most of us think kind of differently on some other players, so it'd be really interesting to get uh, different sides and everything on that, maybe go and give some more evaluation on our picks but just for today's podcast we'll just do a quick easy for one round mock 12 picks and then move on from there it's nothing wrong with a quickie yeah i got you yeah i mean that's all i know five seconds and i'm done right there's a cigarette Wait till you get whoa what were we talking about oh man? my bad my bad we're talking about something else i got confused again lack of sleep here guys <laughs> i hear quickie and that's where my mind goes Right. Well, then I'll go. I'll go one one. And uh, you're right, Dennis. Nikhil Harry is going to fall. If I have the one one, um, and you guys can give any kind of analysis you want as well with your pick, please. Uh, don't you don't don't feel the need just to throw the name out and then move on. Um, it would all depend on me or for me what I really need. If I needed a running back really bad, I would take David Montgomery there at one one. I don't think that's too much of a reach, especially if you needed a running back. Um, but for me, I would take DK Metcalf because uh, I think he's going to end up being the best player in this draft. So, Jared, you're up at one two. Who are you taking? Who you think? Taking the kill. Butler? The real deal, Harry. Oh, well, shit. I hope you flip your bike over and knock your two front teeth out, you selfish son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my post NFL draft rankings will definitely be dependent on landing spot too. So at this point in the process, though, we'll go to kill Harry. I think he has the safest floor and high upside. Okay. Well, I'm gonna stick with the chalk and go David Montgomery at the 1.03. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. All right, man, that that really sucks. I was hoping maybe someone else. Well, I, I'm not a big Josh Jacobs fan, so I would not go him there. Um, as a matter of fact, if, if I needed a running back here, I would go Miles Sanders. Uh, I had him always right up there at the top, even before the combine. Um, if I, uh, I would take A.J. Brown at 1-4. At for me, that's just, just my opinion. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. Dennis, you talked about he can play in the slot, can play a little bit on the outside. Uh, I thought his combine was really good. Um, I think he's going to continue to move up board, so I'll take A.J. Brown. Yeah, I'd have taken him there, too. I like it. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs here. Okay. Yeah, I, I love watching his tape. He just, you know, he they didn't use him as much as they should have, in my opinion. And his ability to make guys miss and explode he has that rare burst that you don't often see and just he stops on a dime and just can run run a guy over with full explosion i don't know there's not any other back in this draft like him so i I think he could be a good pro so i'll take him on my squad all right all right dennis at the 1.6 you're taking well at the 1.6 i'm gonna be looking for Upside, uh, maybe more so than production. And so I'm going to go Rodney Anderson. I, I know he's had some injuries. Pick. I love it. But uh, I, I like his game. Definitely high upside pick there. I wasn't sure if, if Jared was just throwing up there or something. I was debating on whether I need to get ready to throw throw in a, a throw-up drop right there or something like that. He sounded a little disgusted when he said Rodney Anderson. Yeah, I did throw up. Oh, 
Did all you? over my keyboard. Oh, man, that sucks, man. You have to, it's going to be hard to get the chunks out of the little cracks in there and everything, so that sucks. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised you went Rodney Anderson there. As much as I love Rodney Anderson, he's been right there, my number three in this class. Um, I would have taken Miles Sanders over him, but I like it. I, like I said, I think he's has a shot barring injury, obviously, to be possibly the best running back in this class. Uh, for me, at 1-7, I'm taking my guy, Hakeem Butler. The fact that he fell that far to me, I mean, I'm probably going to end up with a lot of shares of him because I feel like a lot of people are going to start souring on him. And that's okay. I'll take him because I do think he's got uh, incredible upside um, in this wide receiver class. Jared, 1.7? No, 8? I like 1. it. 8. I like your pick. I don't know where we're at. We're at 1.8, I think. I think. I'm think horrible eight. with numbers, so yeah, we're at I eight. just know I'm after you, so I've just been waiting for you. That works. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Kelvin Harmon here. I'm sticking to my board. I know he didn't have a great combine, but the tape don't lie. and Well, actually, it, it does lie sometimes. <laughs> so, But <laughs> um, I'm going to take Kelvin Harmon. I'm confident in that pick. And I, I think it's wide receiver heavy here in the first round, and I want to yeah. get – as many of the good ones as I can. You know, at the at the 1.09, uh, I think this is a great time to grab the first tight end. And I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. What? Oh! I thought you said the best over. tight end. You're very impressed with yourself, aren't you? I have my moments. Overtime's new Roman font. <laughs> <laughs> That is a, that's an interesting pick. I really hope that the drafts roll out like this because that one – God, what was that? One nine? Man, I'm horrible with math. I'm, I can't even add up single digits here. At 110, uh, this is – you know what? I'm going to take Moss Sanders here. I keep talking about how I would have taken Damn. him earlier. <laughs> I, w- I would love if he fell this far. I mean, I'm, this is where – not to, to boast because I'm not that great of a fantasy player, but this is right around the range I'm picking in most of my rookie drafts. So if he could fall to anybody here, I think that would be a great pick. Like I, I've, I've talked about, I know you you mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, Jared. I think he's he's got some real good upside here. He showed out in the combine, so that's who I'm going to take here at 110. Jared, 111. 111. Someone's in my Google Sheet screwing with our FF statistics rankings here, and they totally screwed me up here. I got to get my board back. 111. Man, I'm pissed he took Miles Sanders. That was my next pick. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Hey, man, I hope he falls to 111 in most drafts, to be honest with you, or later, if, if, if possible. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I took two receivers here already and one running back, so I'm going to go ahead and even it out. I'm going to take Emmanuel Hall. Okay. He's a guy that I'm going to try to get as many share of, shares of as I can. I just think he's going to be – I think he could end up being the best receiver in the draft, but we'll see. Um, so I'm, he's a guy that I'll reach for, so this might be a little bit of a reach, but I want him, so I'm going to take him here. Dennis, yeah. the last pick. And I'm going to go ahead and close it out at the 1.12 with uh, uh, my guy, Debo Samuel. Okay. So that's interesting. So you got guys like, man, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head real quick here, but Paris Campbell didn't go in the first round, which I've heard a lot of people talking about probably go in the first round of rookie drafts. It's interesting to see that none of us took him. I probably would have taken him over Debo Samuel, but I understand why you did. Would you have taken him over uh, Paris Campbell as well, Jared? I know you're high on Debo. Yeah, yeah, I would have for sure. I think people are a little too high on Paris Campbell when it comes to fantasy football. I agree with you on that. I, I feel like you're going to be able to get Paris towards the end of the second. See, I don't think so anymore. After after what he ran in the 40, I've seen a lot of talk about how a lot of people are, are projecting him in 
rookie drafts to go right around that 110 to like 114 point, which is a little crazy to me because as much as I love him as a Buckeye, I am, as we've talked about, I think it was actually in the preview episode, a little worried about what he might do fantasy-wise. I think we all think he could do good in the NFL, but I'm just a little worried about the work he'll get up there that will help him produce fantasy-wise. Yeah, well, looking at uh, Dynasty League Football's current rookie ADP, Paris Campbell's going 15th overall, 15th. which... Okay. Puts him right at the beginning of the second round in 12-man yeah. leagues. Yeah, see, that's where a lot of people have been talking about he's been going. And just the people I've been watching as they've talked about their drafts that they've been doing so far, that he's been going right around there. So that's that's interesting. I don't I don't know if I take him. I'm picking a, just real quick and, and my own personal thing. I have a uh, my main dynasty league that I'm in. I won the championship this year, and I don't have my first-round pick. I traded it last year. Fucking Kirk Cousins, who just boned me so much this last season is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I traded my first uh, last year to get Kirk Cousins, and uh, so but I had the two thirteen. I got that in a trade to actually traded TJ Yeldon and a second to get Kenny Galladay in that pick, which would uh, worked wonders for me. But obviously, nice, yeah, and. Um, so, but I was thinking about possibly taking Campbell there, and a lot of people in my league said there's no way he falls to me there. So I was just interested to see if anybody would take him in the first round. And yeah, nah, not me. Yeah, well, it seems like a lot of experts. Well, I don't know. I mean, one fi- or you said the fifteenth pick. I mean, that's still not that's not that far off the first round pick, obviously. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, guys, thank you so much for for joining me today. Talk about obviously the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and a little bit of mock draft there. As I just mentioned before that, uh, I'm. I obviously haven't said anything to you yet, but my plan is to, we'll talk a little bit more, obviously, through Twitter. Um, I want to bring you on at least a couple more times throughout the offseason, if you're willing, and we can do some more mock drafts and everything, especially as it gets closer to the NFL draft and then after. Uh, Just kind of get your guys' opinions on stuff. Like I said, I'd like to do a couple rounds, maybe devote an entire episode to that. We can just talk about our picks, give our analysis, and kind of the way how we would build our teams, maybe do... Do it a different styles, you know, what you do in a super flex league as well. This we just kind of threw together at the last minute, maybe approach a super flex league and, and different stuff to see the different strategies and everything. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on again. Like I said, I'm happy to come on anytime. Um, I love it. We need to get we need to get Garrett on here one time maybe do like a four-man podcast. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I know he's mentioned uh, he's in the Dynasty Nerds draft uh that me and Dennis were just in, and he had mentioned something to about coming on here. That would be that would be interesting. Maybe we can set that up for our next episode. Do a uh, do another dynasty mock draft with the with the four of us, and maybe do a couple rounds there. That'd be that'd be an interesting thing to do. I think. Yeah, uh, for sure. I'm going on dynasty nerds with Rich and Matt. I don't know if Garrett will come slumming with us. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. he did good on that. He he sounded great. Uh, but yeah, like, thanks again. Um, I'm sure there's other guys that. FF statistics that would be more than happy to come on as well. So if you guys want to get in contact with anybody else there, just let me know. They're usually pretty happy to come on. Um, I said I'm I'm getting out my JJR Sega Whiteside article that should be dropping here soon. And I'm also working on a manual hall one. And then I got a YouTube uh, prospect series coming out with Jesse Reeves. We're going to start reviewing prospects for FF statistics, YouTube channel, and um, I'll be jumping on a podcast with Sleeper Wire, their Dynasty Wire show. Have you guys listened to that one before? Yeah, I have, yes. Yeah, Draft Genius hosts that one. So looking forward to be there on being on that with him. And can't wait to hop back on here with you guys. You can follow me at Jared Wackerly FF. Thanks again, guys. Ain't no problem. And Dennis? Well, as always, I'm at Culture underscore Coach on the Twitter machine. 
Check my writings over at DynastyNerds.com. See me all around the Pulse Podcast Network, talking fantasy football. Yeah, guys, uh, right before we close out, just make sure to check out uh, Jared's stuff at FS Statistics. It's awesome stuff. I've talked about it many a times. Watch the YouTube videos. They're awesome. And definitely check out Dennis's stuff on Dynasty Nerds. He, he approaches all different kinds of strategies and everything in articles there and then breaks down uh, rookies. I know he did a bunch of coaching articles here lately, which were really good as well. So definitely check out his stuff while, while it's happening. So I appreciate you guys uh, jumping on with me and look forward to the next one. Right on, brother. Thanks, man. Go get some sleep. Uh, I will. And hey, next time we talk, Odell will be with the Browns. I'm, I'm hoping that's that that's going to come true. So later, guys. Have Book a great it. night. Odell or Von Miller? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather right. t- I'd rather have Odell, but Von Miller would probably be the Me better too. pick. Hell yeah! All right, see you guys later. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone. Touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.